The Akkad and Coca Report, episode number 56. Welcome to the Akkad and Coca Report, the podcast dedicated to making sense of healthcare. From policy to economics, from evidence-based medicine to ethics, join us as Drs. Michelle Akkad and Anish Coca diagnose and treat the latest epidemic of healthcare absurdities. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Akkad and Coca Report. We have a very special guest today, Dr. Koka himself, and I will let uh, him uh, introduce himself and tell us about what's uh, brought him to where he is. <laughs> Dr. Anish, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michelle. Um, I'm, a, I'm a cardiologist in private practice in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> uh, so I, I'm a little cur- curious. You were born in India? Oh, that far back. Uh, yes, I was yeah. born in India. Okay. And how old were you when you came to the U.S.? I was 10 years old. Okay. Uh, to the to Pittsburgh? Yeah, to Pittsburgh, yes. Pittsburgh. Okay. And you grew up there. Went to medical school where? I went to medical school at Temple in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, Tem- Temple is in North Philadelphia. It serves a... It's in a great training environment. <laughs> okay. And uh, did your residency there as well? Yep, I did my residency there. I did my uh, I did a, a year of chief residency there, and then um, and then came to I went just down the street on on Broad Street a little bit. You're uh, very adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> Only places I can get in. <laughs> I was limited. <laughs> so I went to uh, so I went to Jefferson uh, Thomas Jefferson for um, uh, for my cardiology fellowship. Okay. And uh, and then you stayed there for your you established your private practice in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've essentially stayed right around Jefferson. Okay. And um, you're married. You have uh, four children. Yes. Yes. I'm married with four kids, ranging from uh, from uh, fourteen to two. Okay. <laughs> so. Your wife is a physician too. She is. She's a uh, she's an oncologist. Okay. And where did you meet? In residency or? Uh, we did. We Med met school. in residency. Okay. So. Residency. Is she also from the Philadelphia area? She is. Yeah. She actually was born and raised in the Philadelphia, Philadelphia wow. area. She's in. You guys are like, <laughs> you know, nestled <laughs> in Philadelphia. I know. This I know. is great. It's very endearing. But, I find yeah. it very endearing. You know. Yeah. I, <laughs> but it's good if I if I had actually escaped from not not that you know I like I like Pittsburgh and I like Pennsylvania. So, but but even if I had escaped from uh, Pens- the clutches of Pennsylvania, I would, you know, would never right. met. Uh, life would be very different. I, I think there's a lot to say to uh, lo- localism, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, uh, I'm a localist. Uh, I think it's good to develop. You 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 uh, chide me about um, appealing to the idyllic community, right? <laughs> that can take care of of um, healthcare without resorting to the government. Uh, if everybody stayed, you know, in their, uh, you know, in their their place of birth or, or you know, where they grew up, I think it'd be easier to um, uh, to bring Foster it on, bring it about. Yes, bring it about. Um, so we're going to talk about. Uh, you have a lot of very strong opinions about conflicts of interest, and uh, your, your piece, uh, your your terrific uh, piece of investigative journalism uh, slash uh, healthcare analysis about the uh, hospital uh, readmission program policy uh, exemplifies that. But you've written quite a bit you know, over the years and tweeted and so forth on this question of conflicts of interest. Um, you know, one thing that comes through is that you think that there, it's unfair to, uh, to put so much emphasis uh, on f- personal financial conflict of interest uh, as opposed to everything else. And there are conflicts of interest and biases uh, that uh, pervades, you know, th- throughout healthcare, and um, and if we only highlight one uh, at the expense of the others uh, or at the exclusion of the others, um, it's it's uh, the service. Tell us what 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 are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, it, it's it's always been. It seemed to me in the last four or five years that at least I've become sentient to the fact that there's a lot of arguments that are invalidated simply because of conflict of interest. And this is kind of seen a lot um, in the ProPublica New York Times pieces that uh, that run frequently about 
um, dollars that physicians get for, say, drug lunches or dollars that physicians get for speaking. And, you know, there's a lot of guilt by association. So if you are somebody that is a speaker for a drug or you're somebody, uh, then, you know, what you say is automatically suspect. If you are a researcher um, that um, uh, is, is testing a drug that's funded by a company, then automatically what you say is, is suspect. Um, right. And, but it's it's plausible. Um, yeah, no, it's absolutely plausible. So so and and beyond plausible, I think they also they they show uh, studies, right? I mean, yeah. there's data uh, to support the fact that uh, um, these kinds of financial arrangements can, in fact, bias, you know, the way well, uh, the way the science is reported. Well, I would say that the the data shows shows correlations, but correlations between more funding. Mm -hmm. Uh, sorry, more, you know, the, the more drug lunches, say, and uh, the fact that physicians may prescribe more. It shows correlations between uh, positive outcomes of research and and funding. But but that extra step that you're making in that statement, you know, that that's implied is that this is causal. And while some of that certainly may be causal, um, what happens is I think you take you, you say that it's causal in a in a blanket fashion that necessarily invalidates everyone that takes any. And anyone that has those financial links, and I don't know that that's that's true. And again, if I was sitting outside the, the sphere, um, I think I would feel the same way as many people reading the New York Times or reading the Pro latest ProPublic article that says that, my God, look how much this physician is making um, because they do this. And and I, I would probably think the same thing. But I think it's a, but when you when you're living through it, um, um, it becomes clear that the that the actual lay of the land is far more complex than that simple narrative. Okay, but um, so l let me ask you, are you saying that, uh, well, what if you wanted to judge whether um, a particular financial relationship actually caused a problem uh, downstream? You, you would say, well, let's look at uh, the scientific public, you know, positions uh, on their own term, on their own merit, mm -hmm. and, and determine if... Uh, um, if if the research is sound, and then you know, then yeah. who cares? You know who funded it, or whether the 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 researcher is uh, in the pocket of pharma and that sort of thing. Would that be your position, or well, or yeah, you... I mean, that in a, in a, in an ideal world where we have um, a truth machine that tells us uh, what the truth is, then then yes, you know, if if uh, analysis, if scientific analysis could live on its own. Um, uh, without question, then absolutely. Um, but the problem, you know, the problem is, is that um, as we've we've shown and we've talked, you know, we, we spoke to Brian Nosek on a, on a great podcast earlier. I wrote a blog about um, uh, uh, statistical certainty and how it doesn't really um, exist. Um, as the researcher, you can choose paths that lead you to a certain uh, a conclusion, whether that be consciously or unconsciously. So I think there isn't a good answer for what you're asking. I think it's very, very, very hard to figure out whether or not um, this correlation that is being pointed out in terms of you know financial dollars being received and whether or not that's adversely impacting judgment or that's adversely impacting outcomes. I think it's very hard to show that link. Um, yeah, but well, let's uh, let's make it concrete. Let's take the example of the uh, you know the, the the head of research at uh, um, Sloan Kettering. Right. Um, I forgot his last name. Basilica. Uh, Basilica. Right. A, a huge story. Um, so, what's your position on this? You know, he was he was uh, sacked for for failing to disclose uh, financial relationships uh, according to yeah. the way some people thought <clears throat> they ought to be disclosed. Look, I think at least based on what I've read about it, and I don't know much about Baselga. I don't know much about how he practiced. I don't know, you know, I don't know what about his practice patterns, how appropriate it was that he was prescribing things, or how how appropriate the research that he did was. But what I know about it, the bare bones that I know about it, which is what you get from reading the ProPublic article on it, uh, or the New York Times article on it, is that he didn't disclose the fact that uh, there were dollars received. Um, based on sale of a company or something like that. And, uh, and because of that, uh, he was fired. Now, none of that goes to, I mean, what did he do wrong? Like, what did he do wrong? Yes, he violated, he, yes, he may, he potentially may have violated 
uh, a rule regarding disclosure. It could be an oversight. Um, it may not have been malicious, number one. But number two, what, what I don't understand what, what exactly is violating from a standpoint of harming greater society or patients. Like in order for him to be fired or let go, um, I think you have to show that his, the research that he did was horribly biased or that, uh, I mean, he arrived at conclusions that were wrong or arrived at conclusions that are very suspect or that his practice pattern was grossly affected in a bad way, meaning he prescribed drugs um, that weren't indicated um, and you can't figure out, like, why are you doing this, right? Yeah. right? That's what you have to show, and none of those articles get to that. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, to the point that you were making earlier, is precisely because you cannot um, show these things, you know, individually. You, c you cannot make that final step that it seems that the prudent thing to do is, um, uh, you know, precisely to avoid having any kind of... Uh, uh, financial ties, or if you do have financial ties, to be as transparent as possible, uh, because you know the idea is that these conflicts, you know, uh, uh, subconsciously, uh, you know, just uh, pervade your, your your thoughts and and influence how you're going to conduct your, yourself and conduct your research. Uh, yeah. And therefore, you know, you should uh, the the minimum that people ask is uh, disclosure, and many people ask for actually for uh, refraining from from actually. Uh, receiving any money personally uh, what's what's wrong so, with that it, it, it sounds plausible to me and then and then memorial yeah. Sloan Kettering has a reputation of its own to uh, you know to defend and therefore it's taking you know what I see what seems to be a rational step to preserve its uh, its name and reputation which is sacking uh, yeah sacking no, the I, chief. I, but I think the details matter a lot. I think you're 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 speaking in very broad in a very broad sense. So, yeah, I I don't I don't in general have an issue with transparency. Honestly, my I do have an issue with transparency now because unfortunately, it it proves the point that unless you have people that understand um, what information they're getting, I don't think they know what to do with the data. All right. So for instance, in this Baselga, uh, thing, right. Again, the details, the details matter a lot here. Um, you know, there's a lot of excessive spin. Uh, there's a lot of spin and innuendo and it's because, you know, these guys put the splashy thing say, saying that there's three and a half million dollars, uh, uh, that was given. That was, uh, that, that was, um, you know, that is not disclosed. Right. But you find out that, you know, most of that money, right? Everything but like fifty thousand dollars of that um, was um, a uh, was related to um, um, uh, Baselga's uh, uh, equity stake in a certain company, right? And that equity stake in a certain company, uh, after a sale, uh, you know that that was about that. You know, Roche acquired uh, acquired the company, and when Roche acquired the company. Um, you know, Baselga's equity stake in that was three, four, and four million dollars. Now, was he supposed to report that in 2014? Again, I, I, or this is very, very different than like somebody handing cash to a guy and the guy not disclosing that that this is being given. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's shameful um, what happened to Baselga. I mean, I know some of the details of this case because it was such a big. It, it splashed out. It, it was splashed everywhere, but. I, I don't think that's reasonable, right? Unreasonable, right? I mean, you have you have Baselga here who may may have uh, helped um, um, uh, design a drug uh, called, I think, Herceptin, which is a drug that is you know used as a standard of care. Nobody argues about the effectiveness effectiveness of Herceptin in folks that are receptor positive or whatnot. Um, and so, why should a guy who helped develop that drug not stand to gain a significant amount? Uh, financially from that, right? If an orthopedic surgeon designs a new hip and that hip starts being used a lot because it is better than the old one, why, why, do, why should we have a problem with the royalties that are paid to him? Or if he, if he designs a company and the company gets sold and he gets a, a large amount of money, I don't have a problem with that. And, and how exactly you disclose that, okay, fine, you give him a wrap on the, uh, slap on the wrist for um, not disclosing the fact that he had an equity stake of three point four million dollars, but why, why, why should he resign from uh, Sloan Kettering for helping design a drug and selling a uh, selling an equity sell, selling uh, you know part of his equity stake and making three point four million dollars from that? I, I, I see no <laughs> reason for that. I, I agree, but it's it's because we live in a particular culture that um, 
Well, first of all, there, there's a little bit of ambiguity in in his position, right? So he is not the employee of the pharmaceutical company. In a way, if he were the employee of the ph pharmaceutical company or the owner, right? If he had uh, um, mm -hmm. founded a pharmaceutical company, made this drug, and and uh, um, and and made money from it, in, in the mind of of the, the the gallery, it would be a little bit clearer where where he stands. Whereas here, he stands as um, ostensibly a, a more impartial and, and less invested uh, head of research at a cancer center. Um, who uh, uh, allegedly, according to the rules of the game, right, is well, uh, is is an independent researcher who's explain. designed the drug, um, yeah. but but he is not in it for the money. I mean, that's that's the, the 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 presumption of the culture and the presumption of the setup of having nonprofit academic centers and nonprofit research centers is that they're there. So I, I'm not defending that presumption, but I'm saying that the presumption is there. Right. right. No, I mean, Sloan Kettering is, is certainly within their right to fire him. But um, I mean, look, what's going to happen is, is that you're going to have a, a separation between academia and, and the private sector. Baselga has now gone on to become head of, you know, research head of, I think, one of the pharma companies. And it's fine. I mean, and if, and if we think that, and I guess it's for the clinicians and the physicians at Sloan Kettering to say, um, whether or not that's a loss for the academic community or not. I tend to think that removing guys like Baselga from the academic community, um, from Grand Rounds, from whatever it is he participates in, from teaching, et cetera, I think that's that's a loss for the academic community. Um, but I get, I, you know, so I, I, yeah, I don't... Yeah, you know, it's, but I, I think, uh, to me, it may be a... a, a, a there's no reason... Uh, you know, the, the problem is... Mm -hmm. Um, academia is now subsidized. There's a lot of basic research uh, that is subsidized by taxpayers, right? It's the NIH funding a lot of this research that ends right. up getting scooped up by um, pharma, right? To end up then making a lot of money. It's not a very healthy uh, arrangement, as far as I'm concerned. No, um, but, but so, but again, if 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 the NIH could bring it to market and do all this, I mean. If the, I mean, the NIH, if they could do what pharma is doing, um, they could perhaps, you know, do this themselves. But of course, we have a regulatory barriers that are set up that don't allow that to happen. So I don't. I mean, what, what do we do? We want we want drugs to come to market. We have a we have a we have a system set up that's in place as it is. Um, I mean, there's a lot of work that's done after the basic science part of it. So I don't. Yeah, okay, right. I'm not saying that pharma yeah. is not doing anything, and it's not you know they're not reaping their you know due reward. Yeah. Although again, the, the the system is so rigged in many different ways that uh, pharma benefit you know in all likelihood benefits uh, uh, out of proportion to what its due reward is uh, and so forth. Um, but you know, it, it's a treacherous. Uh, uh, environment and, and, and I suspect and and he may have realized that you know he he was not he was unwise unwise in oh, not yeah. disclosing absolutely uh, I'm, I'm sure he wished he had disclosed that thing right he, he probably wished he had disclosed and um, uh, but but it doesn't get to the bottom of uh, so then the problem is that the ideal thing really is for for people like him never not to receive any money really um, at all, but the problem is that if he doesn't receive any money, um, then he's really penalized financially compared to a lot of peers, who then would be people like us making a lot more money than a researcher like him, even though he's providing a lot more for mankind in a way, yeah, right? No, so, and, and, so, so totally crazy, Michelle, because because this is what's happening in in the world of, I mean, as I understand it, and you know, hopefully, guys like David Shaywitz um, won't, well. Well, I don't think I'm too wrong in terms of my understanding of what's going on is, is that you have these VC funds that are essentially investing, you know, billions of dollars. And I guess they get equity as a, in, a, in return for that, right? Um, and then, you know, the, the final payout comes when some larger company gobbles up that company and, you know, the, the payouts are large. Now, consider that the people that are doing the work, I'm not talking about the VC guys that are running around, like deciding which, where to put, you know, billions of other people's money is. The guys who are sitting in, in labs and 
you know, un who have this deep understanding of biology, of where the field is, how to push the field forward, right? It's a very thankless I mean, job, right? Yes. Yeah, so, 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 a lot of hours, very thankless job. Yeah. And so everyone wants to talk about Baselga and his three and, and three and a half million dollars. Uh, Michelle, what 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 was the uh, what was the equity stake that gave him three and a half million dollars? Yeah. It was it was it was a it was 05 percent. <laughs> right. His equity right. stake was 05 percent. There are a lot of a lot of people that made a lot of money. Off of off of the research that really Baselga, you know, uh, off of Baselga's work and his deep understanding of stuff, are we are, we're we're really going to deny, you know, the physician who is probably close to the epicenter of, of this happening? We're going to deny them deny him a half percent uh, of the entire thing. It's 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 come on, it's 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 utterly absurd and ridiculous. It, it is it it is absurd, uh, but at the same time. Uh, so, you know, I go back we'll to the point that I was making earlier is that, you know, with the my, my problem is not that the NIH should be doing what pharma is doing is on the contrary is that pharma should be doing what the NIH is funding. And instead of the NIH funding this, mm. all this money should be you know, funded by pharma. So pharma should fund its own basic research. Yeah. And sure. and uh, and and the scientists who are interested in, in, in that should be employed by pharma and then uh, or set up their own uh, you know, private fund, uh, private companies from but, the get go, rather than having these, uh, you know, publicly funded research centers that um, that that make everything more murky. Because then they're not they're not. So on the one hand, you want them to be to be rewarded. You want the people who work at these nonprofit centers to be rewarded. On the other hand, they are uh, nonprofit and therefore disinterested and objective and all that stuff. And it's it's really untenable. Uh, or it's very hard to maintain. I mean, you can't you can't have a, a, a rational rule by which you reward uh, uninterested researchers working at nonprofit academic centers, you know, who are, which are really massively funded by the NIH. On a, I mean, massively funded, but, uh, but you know, who, most of their funding comes from the taxpayers, and, and that's um, that's the source of a problem, and it's intractable. And the disclosures are not going to help, uh, except to you know. To allow, uh, you know, the New York Times and ProPublica Pro to, you know, do their investigative work and find out yeah. who's who's, the, who's not right following the rules. Yeah, I would say the right response is, is to make the New York Times and ProPublica much less important. I mean, I, I would say that the idea that like we have these uh, marauding uh, uh, journalists um, uh, that 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 allow for guilt by association. Um, yeah, but so, well, you, you, you want you want to you want to curtail freedom of speech. You want you want. No, 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 so, no, no, so no, no. How are you no, going to make them I, less important? I'm sorry, right? Yeah, yeah, but by 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 not by you know not paying attention to what they say. I mean, do we do we do do you know what? Uh, I, I mean, I have no idea what. Um, well, most but they're they're they're, 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 they're it's because I don't pay any attention to them. So. I think, yeah, when but you're not being, but they're very influential. I mean, you know, a lot of people read the New York Times. Yeah, and we <laughs> you know, even though it's it's according to 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 Trump, it's a failed. Uh, <laughs> the failed New York Times has you know a very very wide readership. Yeah, and yeah. and people who donate to Memorial Sloan Kettering are you know New York Times readers. Yep, and and it matters to them. Yeah. So and then, and, and, I, I don't I know think, how you're going to make the influence of the New York Times go away. Well, by by saying that you know they're they're utterly wrong and not everything that's printed in the New York Times is okay. uh, you know is from the word of uh, all so right we're 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 pushing so uh, anybody listening to this please give us a good rating on on iTunes <laughs> so the the Akad and Coca report can, <laughs> yeah. can can grow and we can start competing with the New York Times um, all right but that, so that's for personal financial conflict of interest uh, the the flip side of the coin is that you know what what you brought up in your blog is that the non the ideological yeah. Conflicts of interest are uh, can be very important and uh, and uh, perhaps even more important. Uh, and I think you make a very cogent point about that. There, there's no question about it in my mind, right, uh, right. especially when it has to do with the design of, of uh, healthcare policy, which affects right. you know millions of people, billions of dollars, uh, and so forth. Uh, so how how should we regulate those conflicts of interest? No, I don't or, think or deal I with them or or I, I think I think the point I was trying to make. So I, I was for the folks, um, the, the blog I, I, I uh, wrote was uh, on the hospital readmission reduction program, and there were many many lessons from this program. Um, it was a program that was designed by um, by, by some pol essentially some policy wonks, and uh, those policy wonks thought it was a good idea to penalize hospitals that had high readmission rates, 30-day readmission rates. 
and they had a number of different diagnoses, but the one that we fo- that I focused on in the blog was the heart failure readmission penalty. And specifically, um, this was announced in 2010. It was rolled out in 2013, and it resulted in a large number of hospitals on a yearly basis being penalized, and uh, penalized to the extent that you know Medicare was able to recover about two billion dollars over the course of the four or five years that the program has been running. Um, it, again, the policy wonks that that came that have been on the warpath in terms of saying we need to focus on readmissions essentially came from the ideology uh, that said that look uh, uh, we have a fee-for-service system a volume uh, based system that incent that that gives no incentive for hospitals to really go after the things that make people come back to the hospital and so if we had a good healthy health system uh, we would make sure that patients did not need to be readmitted to the hospital. And that, that they said, was a good metric for value. Um, and so they set up a system which penalized folks that had higher readmission rates. Um, the details they penalized are, hospitals, right? Yeah, hospitals that had high, high readmission And indeed, uh, readmissions went down after once, once the law was, uh, was passed. We, right. We, we, right, we think so. <laughs> and, right, it's hard to tell. But, but it seems that the, the readmissions went down. Yes. And, uh, but unfortunately... Uh, at the same time, mortality from heart failure started to go up, where it, yes. whereas it, it had been going down for many years prior to, right, to, to right, the announcement. Right, right, right. Again, right. it's all murky because when you do the analysis, as, as you show in your piece, uh, that it, it's impossible to, to, to come up to any kind of final conclusion on these things. Right, right, right. But it's such a fascinating little example of how, right. um, how you have um, Be- uh, different, different, uh, different folks analyzing sometimes the exact same data set and coming uh, right coming so the, the people the folks who designed who designed the policy were then yes. at the same time were tasked to analyze the outcomes of the policy right. and said lo and behold no problem here it's all yeah. good you know the policy is yeah, working yeah. whereas right. other folks who are less invested in the policy and who happen to be more you know uh, are, are many of them are clinicians you know who have sort of a, a lived experience of what uh, what happens to heart failure patients who you know, who need to be readmitted and so forth. Right. They analyzed the same data set and said, no, 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 uh, there's a problem here. You know, mortality has been going up, whereas it had, you know, prior to that had gone, had been going down. So, so it's equally plausible here that um, non-personal financial conflicts of interest uh, play a huge role in the way the science is promulgated, uh, the right, way the po- exactly. policy is rolled out, yeah, and, and so forth. And the impact on society as la- at large you know, is it, is very important. It cannot be, uh, uh, yeah. you know, minimized. Yeah. Right? So it's a beautiful example, and uh, of of how uh, uh, folks that are not getting enriched by transfers into their own personal bank accounts um, really can have major impact. And you don't see this. You don't see this often in policy because too, more than often we have we have a very monotonic healthcare policy. That's guided by these large um, uh, uh, factories that graduate uh, uh, these policy MPs. wonks. Yeah, right. yeah, policy wonks, and they, they all, a lot of them, uh, kind of say the same basic thing, and they all echo, echo each other. And so it's 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 a rare thing to see this. And and I and I think and I I think I said in the piece that this may happen. There is it's clearly the case that policy is not a good enterprise um, to give you a definite answer and that we're seeing this happen here because there are two sides, two vested interests that are somewhat different and therefore they're analyzing the same thing and arriving at different conclusions. And so it's really, really interesting in terms of showing how important uh, non-personal financial uh, bias is. And it's right. also the point that, uh, right, so, so, one, and so the, two, and the two things I brought out was one, was the fact that there's clearly an ideological bias on the designers of this group because the designers of the policy of readmissions had also, you know, as far back as 2003, had written articles in the peer-reviewed press about about how important it was to attack. Uh, right, and, and I'll say, so 15 years ago, they had published yeah. a piece saying that, you know, declaring that hospitals are clearly not interested in improving the quality of heart failure care because if they did improve the quality of heart failure care, readmissions would go down and and they would lose money and they would have empty beds, right? So the, right, right. So right. so clearly, hospitals, <clears throat> and it's a very simplistic sort of yeah. uh, view of of. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that hospitals are, are you know the, the yeah, holy yeah, yeah, holy yeah, grounds yeah. that they ought to be, yeah. but uh, but it's clearly very simplistic. And yeah. and, and, and so and if they if they're motivated by this ideology, if they have this view of how 
hospitals operate and, and react to, you know, the management of diseases, then you, you can see how that would sort of color everything else that they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they produce policy, and then, and then, lo and behold, like you're saying, they right. they then they then uh, have to design, uh, uh, and they get a fair amount of. I mean, uh, so you say it's not personal financial conflicts of interest because the the money that they, the grants that they receive these wonks, um, they right. don't go necessarily. But they, I mean, they do employ them personally, so at least their salary. I mean, they're on, they don't have a commission on the basis of a policy, but they they do the the, the grant money is, is fairly hefty. Uh, right, you know, right. and, uh, so, tens or maybe right. hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, right. right. Um, so that's that, that's the crazy thing about this story was that yes, there's this ideological bias, and then you kind of discover that that it's so it's more than just ideological bias. It's that the designers of the policy are also being, you know, funded to a really, really significant degree by Medicare to create this policy. So the grant money. I mean, I think. I spoke to some people, um, and they told me that the average NIH grant um, is around $1.5 million or something like that. I mean, that, that, that makes people very excited. Um, and then the, 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 the amounts here we're talking about, I think for the MIDS, for the developing an instrument, there's a special program called the MIDS-MIDS program. Uh, the grant for over uh, uh, six years was, was $83 million. Um, that's just one of the grants that was received. Um, there were other grants that were received as well. So. The, the amounts we're talking about are massive, and none of them are going, as you're saying, directly into somebody's bank account. But they're going; they are, I'm sure, supporting supporting salaries, of course. But I mean, I didn't get right. down to the detail of knowing what exactly. Right, and, and it so. uh, right, they're supporting salaries and 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 uh, researchers, and presumably, it's not like the, the the research that they do to analyze the data is uh, capital intensive. That they need to buy, you know, large uh, uh, right. pieces of equipment. <laughs> right, so, right, right. So, right. Um, uh, it, it seems. Um, yeah, but uh, but see, so here's a, here's a, 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 you know, getting back to the the first twenty minutes of our conversation here in terms of uh, conflict of interest and not necessarily invalidating invalidating people just because they have a conflict of interest. It's it, it it's a it's a good thing that you know smart uh, people uh, who do work for the government are you know get paid um, for the work that they do. Um, so it's not enough to just say, well, they received a lot of money. What they said is invalidating. What's what's so special about this little um, uh, event here, this little saga here, is the fact that you can you can actually get a sense that these guys are these folks are choosing uh, to land on one side of the uh, uh, one side of the conclusions here um, uh, because of you know what may be happening here because why you know it's so strange that. Other groups that look at it come up with a different with a different conclusion. Yet these these folks over and over and over again come up with different different a, a different uh, uh, set of ideas. And the, and the other interesting thing is is that part of the retort from this group, um, you know, the group the designers of the policy. One of the the the, the retort is basically that, um, well, you know, you can't you can't prove that this is causing the heart failure mortality to go up because none of the data sets are designed to prove. Anything. They're just large data sets. We're doing retrospective right. analysis. It's correlation, not causation. Right. Yeah. But yet, yet the same group, you know, confidently says, you know, hospital readmissions have been associated with reduced mortality. So it's, it's, it's so, ob it seems to me so obvious that he, in this particular case, you have met, you have met the, uh, the bar for kind of saying, hey guys, something seems a little fishy here because you are consistently, um, Coming down on the other on the other side of things, and 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 there's a significant amount of funding that you've received. So, well, there, right. So, it, 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 I, I grant you that. I mean, it's it's very plausible that there's a you know a, an inherent bias, uh, right. both ideological and uh, right. and and uh, and financial uh, right. to right. some extent. That is of of equal importance uh, right. as far as society is concerned. Which which is huge. Which which you would think which you would think is not a big deal. I mean, it's like, okay, the water is wet, fine. So, <laughs> but, it, but the crazy thing is there's some super, I mean, so, you know, Vinay Prasad, uh, oncologist in Oregon, who is, uh, who is an EBM uh, expert, says all the time, says that, you know, financial COI is like, is like uh, smoking and, and, and cancer. It's like, you know, everyone that talks about anything that's not financial COI is minimizing financial COI and it's done to, you know, put it's done to take people's eye off the ball. But here, I mean, uh, here's a clear example of where non-financial COI is um, seemingly incredibly important. 
Right. Although, uh, so l let me try to play devil's advocate here because let's say, you know, we started off by saying that, or you started off by saying that in the case of, uh, you know, personal financial gain to researchers who then develop drugs that, you know, have, have or, you know, certain clinical, that, that it's very hard to, to make the final leap that their, their gain, mm. uh, you know, led to, to them, you know, drawing some conclusions in one way or another. You could make the case as well here, or you should, to be consistent. You could say, well, you're identifying potential or plausible biases, right? Uh, the, the, the Wongs have analyzed the data in, in their own way, but it's not, I mean, the way they've analyzed the data is not completely, uh, you know, irrational. Or I mean, it's defensible uh, uh, in a certain sense, right? I mean, it's been peer-reviewed and it's defensible. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I agree. So you, you should, if you're going to give the other guys, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt, uh, you know, on the, on the pharma side, you should give the wonks the benefit of the doubt um, on the policy side and say, you know... Uh, so, so how do you solve, how do you how do you resolve that I, problem at the end I, of the day? I, yeah, and I think it requires a, a very detailed, uh, a diligent uh, approach to things because in this particular case, um, you have um, you have if you, if you read if you read the if you read their paper, um, the, the policy designers. If you look at their paper, where they say one of the things they say is that there's no mortality. We cannot find an inflection point, uh, meaning the mortality rates did go up, but the mortality rates in heart failure were going up even before. And, in, and so therefore, the mortality rates have just been going up in a straight line, right? But in order to see whether or not there's, there, that's true, you have to look and see whether there's an inflection point between pre-announcement of the, of the penalty and post-announcement. And the analysis that the, the, the policy de designers themselves shows that the mortality rate uh, the, the slope, the slope in terms of mortality before and after is different, right? Um, the p-value for that change um, in terms of whatever risk adjusted thing is 0.11. And based on that, they say there's no statistically significant change. Yeah, but, the but, but the, they're, but, they're applying but not, the... But so what they're doing, Michelle, is that they're looking at the same data set. They're seeing the mortality rise, but they are then writing a conclusion that says, oh, this is not statistically significant. Michelle, I'll give you another thing. Suppose, in, suppose that in, in, in 2010, there were 400 heart failure deaths in, in, in a local town, okay? Say in, um, in uh, 2014, when you looked at it again, there were 800 heart failure deaths, all right? Now, I can ask, I can, I can go to some statistician and say, hey, you know, this is in 2010, this is in 2018, or is, the, is, is, is this a statistically significant uh, increase? And and the, and and the stats folks will do whatever risk adjust whatever and say yes no maybe so but in the end of the day this is not this is not something there's no when when debts go up you don't care so much about the statistical significance of it what you care about is is this rise clinically significant and why is it happening so what you have here is an example of of folks that are minimizing something that everyone is seeing they're just writing it a different way so. You know that's yeah, that's, but, that's but again, I'm, I'm going to be on the, the devil's advocate because here okay. you're trying to 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 uh, address the problem by uh, technical analysis, right? So you're putting in your own technical analysis and you're saying no, that they're they're that they are uh, you know minimizing uh, that their conclusions minimize what the data actually shows. That's uh, very but, strange. But, Right. Well, it's it's very strange, but you know the, the same kinds of arguments happen all the time. I mean, you know, it's the, the dispute about the statins and the stat, you know whether the statins are, are no. good. It's the same sort of uh, thing. Well, so, well, no, that's so not if you, if you're well, how's gonna, it the same? How's the right, same? But I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you cannot draw a firm conclusion because of statistics. No, 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 no. Statistics never no. give you the kind of, those kinds of conclusions. So you cannot never draw the kinds of conclusions. They will tend to emphasize. That, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but money has been saved, no, no. and they will say we don't see, you know, we, we don't seem to see, uh, you know, statistics significant. And they, they are in, as far as I can tell, as a neophyte, they seem to be in their right to draw those conclusions. Their paper was went, went through peer review. You know, if if there was a clamor of other, you know, if it was retracted at the end of the day, that you know, t tons of people well, looked at their paper and then it was retracted, then you could say, well, maybe they. Fact, but otherwise, it's it's a it's the normal um, peer review scientific education process that uh, that is going on, right? I I don't I don't I don't think it's the I, I really don't think it's the same thing. I think I think 
it's relatively clear that they are resting that 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 they could have taken that same that the same analysis they did did um, and written conclusions are very different because I mean again the the p value by the way the p value is zero point one one does that is that something does that invalidate the chance so and here's here's the second point Michelle so right. one we can talk about the technical okay. analysis and I don't think it's like statins by the way I think this is there, there's no doubt that mortality has gone up. Right. The, 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 right. The right. Policy okay. designers right. are saying that uh, it no, has gone up, but it, it didn't go up uh, faster than it was going up even before going the up policy before. was announced. Even right. though their own paper shows that at a, with a you know with a p value of 0.11, there is a there is a mortality rate difference. Right. Right. The, the slope starts to to rise faster. Right. The, the slope. Uh, is, yeah. Is this is not. I mean, I don't think there's not. And then so it's silly to me when that happens to then say, well, it's. You know, it's not statistically significant. So, if there are, there's more heart, there are more heart failure deaths that are happening, uh, and it seems to be happening at a more rapid rate. They are, they are then writing it. The only way that you can get around that is to say, all right, well, statistically, it's not significant. So that's what, number one. Number two is the fact that that over and over again, publicly, um, these folks continue to clamor and say that they are the only ones that can say anything definitive from the data set. So Michelle, I would I I don't think I would have written the blog or I certainly wouldn't have written that piece of the blog the way I did if it was if the policy designers said, "You know what? It is plausible that mortality has gone up. We don't believe so." They don't say that. They say there is no link. They're definitive and they say there's no link and they look at the other data sets and the other research that has been done and say, "No, there are holes in your data. There this hole in that data, there's this hole in that data." Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about right. this. They essentially try to invalidate the other research that's done. So they're not making the claim that our, they're not making the claim that you're making, they're saying that well, we can't really tell anything. It's plausible. That's certainly a plausible thing. Uh, you know, and what our analysis has shown, the mortality rate's not going up. And okay, so so things. so they're so, they're they're hyping their interpretation to to the max, right? They're they're making it definitive when it when they ought to be making it sort of tentative. Yeah. Okay. So, so All they're right. not. I. Yeah. So that that's that's okay. A, so, so that's what you're doing now with your blog? I, I, I tweeted that. I said you're, you're channeling. You're channeling Charles Ornstein, right? You're, you're channeling ProPublica. Ah. You're doing your own version of the New York Times, right? You're doing some kind of uh, uh, rabble rousing, uh, in a way. I mean, <laughs> you don't say I it think, that way, but 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 you, yeah. but you, well, that's what you're doing. You're agitating. To well, point out some problems, and, and it's fine. I mean, I actually I have no 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 no. But I, well, I but, but the no disagreement with that. What's the distinction yeah, the, there? The distinction between Ornstein, <laughs> Ornstein, the New York Times, Republican, and me is that I I think I've done a lot of work. And again, I I actually didn't do it. Other in the investigators that did the opposing analyses and whatnot. I mean, they did the hard yeah, work. But you've pulled it together. No, I know, but 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 they've but they've but they're the ones that were key and instrumental in kind of poking and kind of demonstrating some of the hypocrisy that exists here. Meaning you, you can't just say there's a, that, Hey, he's gotten paid. Therefore it's bogus. You have to go in, read the papers, compare the analyses and, and then look at what's, I mean, and then take a look at what is publicly going on in terms of how it is they're saying, look, the problem is, is that in order for maybe in order for research funding to continue in order for this whole kind of operations, which says that we can get more, value for less dollars, right? That's the whole intent of all of these top-down policies when it comes to our current healthcare system. Um, we need to we need to give policymakers and politicians, so not, not policymakers, we need to give the politicians, the ones who write the checks in our system, we need to give them the confidence to keep writing us checks, right? And and you can't go to those guys and say, well, our, our thing may work, but it may not. You know, our thing may have caused heart failure to go down, but it may not. It may have caused heart failure to go up. Like, that does not inspire any confidence. So my point is, is that, you know, there is there's a clear uh, incentive afoot here in order to do this. And, and, and you very rarely have the ability to show, based on the fact that there are other, uh, other, other groups that are analyzing the same data, you very rarely can can see that you're that the same data set you're getting very different conclusions and in that case when that happens then all of a sudden you start I mean, to I, wonder I, about these I, things i agree with you but i think that's true across the board meaning um, a researcher in an academic research center like memorial sloan kettering mm -hmm. 
who's getting uh, not not money from VC funds, but but money from the NIH. It's plausible. It's going to be very. It's going to be very. You know, have it's the same kind Michelle, of incentives. It's plausible. To... If ProPublica wanted to write that thing on Baselga, what they needed to do was to to go analyze the papers and and say, all right, in these particular papers, uh, this is very weird. Why is this happening? Why are they doing this? They did not do that. They they didn't do that at all. They didn't. I mean, is there? There's not one reference to. I mean, they, they, I don't. I mean, I don't know if they actually read the any of the papers that Baselga wrote. I want to know what Baselga did that was that's that was irregular. All right, and you do not get a single sense from reading a single thing that they read. Uh, sorry, that 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 ProPublica and New York Times wrote about what it was that Baselga did that was irregular. The only thing that was irregular was that he took money. But by that metric, then you know, I mean, I, my blog would have been. A thousand words. Right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, Arlen Crumholtz, Dr. Crumholtz took, um, you know, this much money, and therefore you should not listen to him. No, you have to go about the, go about showing how and why these things were irregular. And 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 to you know, Vinay has Vinay Prasad has done this a fair amount in terms of doing that, right? So to his credit, he gets into the weeds of say the heart failure paper. And he, he, he says, look, you know, why did they do a run-in? And he, and he throws shade at, you know, the run-in was done for, for this reason. Now, and again, that's the debate to have. But you have to be, you have to have that level of, I, I think, insight in yeah. order to make those claims. And so otherwise, what's happening is just, you know, trash. Correct. But, but imagine, I mean, I mean, how can you have, I mean, if that's going to be the standard by which... Yep. But, but how can you even muster the manpower to, to, to verify and double-check... I mean, I think if you don't have the manpower, then you just put out crappy work. <laughs> that's not the case. Right? Well, I mean, they should, they should that's right. The, but that's, so that's the fundamental problem with the system, with these systems where you have, um, whether it's research or whether it's uh -huh. policy, you have taxpayer government money being channeled by people who really don't have neither, have neither the manpower nor the tools to determine whether the money, whatever they're funding and whoever they're funding are producing quality work, yeah. right? And so, yeah, so, so th th there's a, uh, you know, what, what economists call a, a principal agent. Uh, I mean, there's a moral hazard here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, so th there's this massive amount of money. There's no real ways of, of demonstrating. And, and the solution is, <laughs> what I go back to, is to privatize everything. Privatize everything and let, let it be, uh, fall under the discipline of the market, meaning, uh, a, a pharmaceutical company will do its own basic research and it will end up because it's, if it, ends, it, it cannot continue to fund worthless research because at the end of the day, the product has to make a difference in the marketplace to a patient to, and they're going to be competing with other pharmaceutical companies. And, and so they can only fund the, uh, the basic science research that they will determine to be you know, uh, worthwhile, and and if they fail, they fail, and the the company folds. But, but that's and fine. Uh, but but Michelle, how does that take care of the problem of uh, of uh, muckraking uh, uh, journalists that uh, say, well, they're, they're all they're for profit? Yeah, but, right. Because, so you uh, have to push back. I mean, I, I'm no, not. They're, no, they're not. The muckraking journalism only muckraking because these are academic institutions that no. are non-profit. No, yes. Not, oh, yes, not, yes, yes, yes. That's not the only reason. Yes. They, they cannot internal internal research. How can they go and, and, and check the internal research of a private company? If, oh, if, well, if, they'll, if, they'll demand they'll demand that the tax returns of the, uh, of the no, company. No, because, because the company will have to demonstrate at the, you know, uh, uh, at the it, level of, of clinical trials. Know, yeah. They, go, they go after the companies all the time because they're private and profit-seeking, right? So... So the key is to say that, look, profit-seeking by itself is not some type of inherent bad. You have to do more to say. You can't just say, well, cardiologists uh, make money per stent that they put in. Yeah, Therefore, but, cardiologists are putting in too many stents. But, okay. No, but, uh, but that's, that's that's not practical. I mean, that's, that's not practical. I mean, how can you have... Uh, I mean, there are a gazillion papers being published every year uh, in, okay. the, in the research literature. You're going to have... How many people sort of reanalyze sort of uh, No, I'm not talking uh, about reanalyzing. I'm saying that right I'm 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 Because I'm people make claims. People make I'm claims. Make... Papers get published. Well, you know, I mean the, the the paper that you criticized got yeah. published but got published in was it JAMA? Yeah. Yeah, it got published by JAMA. Therefore it it, no. it has been reviewed already by a number of, of peer yeah. reviewers, right? So yeah. it went through this. I'm not saying it shouldn't be published. Go ahead, publish it. Publish your your I mean that's the only way to do it. You can't have pre publication censorship or something. Publish everything and then and then but be ready for post publication uh, you know uh, takedowns. And so yeah, that that's kind right. of the uh, right. That that should be you you're right in that we should have a we should have a more 
a more robust environment that allows for folks to be taken down. Right now, no, we don't seem to have that. But but that's not. I mean, I I I don't think it's feasible, really, because Why, what it ends up doing have, is what is the because, point of going to all these conferences? Everyone goes to AHA. Everyone goes to ACC. There are thousands me. of <laughs> <laughs> except everyone. Except no, the, the, the problem is that people at these conferences. Our job is not to just simply take in the take in the latest snazzy thing. Our job as physicians, this is our job as physicians, is to critically analyze what's being told to us and for us to make a judgment about whether or not this is <clears throat> real or not. We need to, you know, I mean, this is not. This doesn't fall. This is not. I'm sorry. This is not in ProPublica's wheelhouse. But but ProPublica, the only point that these folks have, the journalists have, is that we're not very good at keeping order in our own house. So, you know, we have 20, you know, we have, I don't know, you know, we, we have all these different Me Too drugs that come out and we, you know, we, we don't, we kind of, we turn a blind eye to what drugs cost. You yeah. Know, so, I, I mean, you have to take all that into account and it becomes yes. very, very complicated. I mean, we're not going to be able to... Yeah. So I'm you, pushing, you can't, you can't yeah. rely on doctors to police themselves by doing the kind of analysis that you've done. Why you not? Know, I mean, I'm some random guy in Philadelphia. Why can't, if I can do it, I mean, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, but, but because the problem, I mean, that can occupy you full time. I mean, that can occupy an army of you. I mean, and even that would, wouldn't even begin to scratch the surface. But then who would be the final adjudicator? Because now this is your opinion, which I find plausible. And perhaps, and I'm hoping a lot of people will find plausible as well. well but, but then yeah. others may dispute it, right? So they may, yeah. they, they may be no. other... But and so forth. I, I didn't make, yeah, I, but I remember in my article, I, I did not, at least I don't think I did, I did not come down on one side per se. Though it's pretty obvious what my biases are. My biases are that I think the, the readmission program has not been good and may have increased mortality. That's my bias and that's what I believe. But, 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 but the end, my end, my summary of the piece was that, look, these varying analyses of the same problem, um, they bring to, um, they kind of question the whole policy research enterprise so i'm not so uh, actually my question i mean we should we should strongly question uh any of these policy folks that come out and say this certainly will fix things or this certainly is on one side or the other i think social policy especially health in the healthcare world is way too complex to um to uh to be yeah, um, I mean, but I, i think thought of like in, that in principle it shouldn't take place i mean in principle there shouldn't be policy like that That right. precisely so affects. So not not because yes. after the fact we analyze. You know, a policy is rolled out. After the fact, we have to examine yeah. the data. Uh, and, and there may be. I mean, you've you've identified one policy, but there have been a gazillion yeah. policies for I the agree. last 50 years, right? Yeah. We should but have fewer they, policies. We need right. Policies, right? So Cor correct. But that's but that's 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 a position on principle. It's not a position on on the basis of the analysis of the no, data. No, 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 That is true, Michelle. But right. no, no, no. But that's why I don't. I don't right. think these analyses can be carried out over and over again. I'm not saying that these analyses right. should be carried. I'm, I, what I'm saying is is that you have rare opportunities for these type of analyses right. to be carried out when when the perfect storm hits and you can actually show these things. Most of the time you can't tell, and you're like, I don't know. But in this case, you can, and this should be used to question all policy. I mean, a lot of policy work that happens. At least the policy work that happens that comes down with like, oh, we have some perfect solution for you that that some bureau, some you know bureaucrats can solve with some equation of right. of what heart failure readmissions should be. So it's a way to question any technocrat that essentially comes down and says, yes, this is the way we so, should. So so let me ask you something here because here there seems to be um, an asymmetry. I mean, an asymmetry in the sense that so far we've always assumed that yes, the private sector, pharma, you know that the, these when they roll out the treatment, you know, they're liable to cause death and whatnot. We've known that since, you know, the thalidomide yeah. problems yeah. and issues even before yeah. and, and so forth. And therefore there's vigilance yeah. on that. But for policy, there's no, not at all the same kind of vigilance, right? Policy, we always assume that, you know, at, at the most it may be a, a wash or a waste of money or anything like that. But here it seems that, you know, I mean, uh, clearly the, there's a potential for actual harm from policy, you know, right? The policy yes. killing, yes. right? History, history and that, that could be game changing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So uh, we need that HRP should be stopped, right? I mean, or immediately paused at least. I mean, yeah, that I should mean, be the conclusion of, I mean, that should be the position that you adopt, right? Yeah, no. There should be an immediate mor moratorium on the HRP. There's enough uncertainty that I think there should be a moratorium on the HRP. So how do we go about go about uh, 
They should do that it, into I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure Seema Verma is listening. So, Seema, please. We should have her on the show. That should be. She yes, should be our next guest because uh, yes, that's right. That's under her purview, or or is yeah. it under the purview of uh, yeah, of, uh, uh, Secretary Azar? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not I, sure. Know, I'm not sure. Every time I remember, every time the brief conversations I had with Andy Slavitt in the last on Twitter, um, in the last image was that who was the previous well, uh, CMS? Uh, yes, uh, administrator, the director of right. CMS, CMS mm -hmm. administrator. Sorry, uh, right. he would say, "Well, this is we're just doing what Congress mandated." So I don't. I'm not. I'm honestly, I don't know about the. What, does it require an act of Congress to now stop <laughs> stop HRP? I don't. I don't know. Well, it's part of the ACA, right? It is. It's it part is of the ACA. Is. So. But, but, there's a lot left to the CMS in terms of how they directed. They could make the like like our, our like our favorite uh, president. Uh, right, uh, he, he can executive order. Right, <laughs> he made uh, he made the penalty for not getting an ACA plan zero. So right. you could technically leave HRP in place, but make the penalty for HRP zero. Zero, right? That, make that, a that is under the purview or a dollar. Right. Well, I, I, I think uh, I, I, um, <laughs> I, I, I'd be very happy to uh, if if uh, Miss Sima would uh, Miss Verma. Uh, would join us here for a conversation on, on HRP. I think that would be a very important discussion. Yes. Let's uh, wrap it up. Any final words? Uh, anything else you wanted to say about COI that? Uh, no, I, that I you think wanna... I just want to. I think it's there's a couple of things in talking to uh, uh, some folks. I have a final word, but to go ahead. Yes. Okay. In talking to some folks, the so two things are that so it's not enough. It's not it's not enough to just yell COI. You have to sh sh you have to show that a conflict is somehow changing judgment in a bad way. And I think that's very, very hard to do. And yeah, I, yeah, so I disagree with you on that because I think, mm. um, I, I, I think that's why I want everything to be privatized because when, when you privatize things, you don't have conflicts of interest, right? Well, you do have conflicts of interest when you privatize things. Why do you say no, that? No, not true. No, there, there's no conflict of interest because the people funding the research are the people who are going to live and die by it, right? I mean, they, 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 they're going to be accountable no, but then there's, gonna there's, be, a, there's so a dollar. It, it, there's a, there's going to be a dollar profit motive, Michelle. You're not going to be selling but, but a world where journalists. Of interest. I mean, not, when when McDonald's sells, McDonald's doesn't have a conflict of interest when it puts its burger on sale oh, or when it makes. Michelle, the it's not a conflict of, the, of interest. It's it not is a conflict. conflict of no, it's not. Their, their conflict is they want the to sell more burgers. Of in, no, it's not. It's not a It's their interest. It's not a conflict. It's their interest. Right? There's no conflict. No. Right. So the conflict comes about when you when you're at cross. At crossroads, when you're saying one thing, you're right. So we're having so, a semantic argument, but I'll it's not. It's a very actually a very important. Uh, well, but but no, but but regardless of how we, yes, I okay, understand what ahead. you're saying. But, but regardless right. of that, if you look back to the early 1900s, before we had the type of regulation, and every, and a lot of research was privatized, right? What what happened? You had the same thing. Journalists, journalists essentially attacked the enterprise and the status quo as it existed, because it was in the interest of of drug companies to not. You should not tell you that there was cocaine in whatever they, they were yeah, selling. Yeah, but, but that's not true. Right, so, but, but the, the, so you're never going to escape the world. That's not true. No, so don't that, go after conflicts when, because they'll just say that there's a dollar. Interest. That's a Mickey Mouse uh, uh, rendition of, of of history and of the fact of that era. Because if you look at Merck was producing cocaine and they decided not to market it when they realized that it was addictive. So that, because they had a reputation. To stand by, so so Merck pulled out of the cocaine business, and that uh, very early on, before they had any any legal mandate to, to do it or any regulation. So, uh, you know, if it's if if the product is is uh, you know uh, harmful or whatnot, the, the company has to to make a decision, and uh, and and so uh, the the. Um, uh, but but to, to go back to, to to finish my last point about COI, so yeah. because precisely because it's actually very difficult when you have a true COI, not just that a company is motivated to make money. That's not a COI. That's just their interest. But when you have a conflict of interest, when 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 the person is divided between, you know, two things that they're they're allegedly trying to do, it's very difficult to to tease out to what extent were they influenced by these interests or to what extent were they influenced by those interests and you know things get really murky and and the main one that <laughs> I want to finish by always saying that doctors who accept third-party payments that's the most the largest conflict of interest in healthcare and and it's very difficult to tease out when you order this echo are you motivated truly by the additional benefit that it was going to bring yeah. to the patient or are you motivated by the extra income that that uh, the echo will generate for you, or with a cath, or with this, or with a the repeat visit, and and so forth. So, and that I think probably I don't know the the the, the amount, but but the money is is going to be 
may not may, may not dwarf the other ones, but it's it's going to be comparable uh, to the others. And that's why I think it's that's why because conflicts of interest are so pervasive, can be subconscious and are difficult to analyze. You know, uh, in their effects. That's why it's important for people to. Uh, recuse themselves from entering and so my 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 would say either either work for a drug company or if you're going to be working in research don't take their money don't take their money at all because uh, it's going to be it's going to taint the the your reputation and and same thing with with doctors you know it's better not to take the money from the the the, the insurance company because it's going to you you won't you will never be able to tell to what extent it's influ influencing your decisions and at the end of the day it's going to be uh, no, it's a fair All point. right. Fair point. <laughs> Anish, thank you. We'll right. see you next time. I, yes, I hope you can come back on the show. <laughs> I'll try. I'm invited. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Akkad and Coca Report. Subscribe for free on iTunes or Stitcher at akkadandcoca.com, where you'll find detailed show notes, our blog, and more. akkadandcoca.com.